podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to the Fatback Four for this Sunday night. I'm Gav, and with me I have Matt, Keith, and Emmett, and we're going to have a lovely chat for an hour or so about loads of Liverpool players going into the new season, which seems like it's miles away, but it's actually not. Um, I think it's the 27th of June or something now. Um, in about two weeks' time, Liverpool will take on Manchester United in Bangkok, is it? Um, yeah. And then there's loads of other games being organised. Before you know it, we will be hitting the 6th of August, I think is when the Premier League starts, and it'll be all we'll all get going again on another crazy season with the Reds but tonight we're going to talk about some players um, just early doors what we think we might need to see from them um, this season and if people are in the chat and they want to throw some players that we don't talk about in there we'll try fit them in before we finish up Matt how are you? I'm doing pretty well Gav how are you? I'm good I've noticed the um, is it a Dutch Dutch top you're wearing? Yeah it's it's our boy Virgil right there it's nice is that that like the current Dutch jersey. I'm not entirely sure. It was a birthday present last year for my brother-in-law. So I married into a Dutch family. So he wanted to make sure that I uh, have at least split national allegiances going into the World Cup with Canada and the Dutch boat there. So Okay, good stuff. Emma, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> sweat, sweat. I'm still sweating. Like, <laughs> it's too warm for me, yeah. I think, oh, I, I think I'll probably put on a bit of weight. Okay. Do you do you go away on holiday? Yeah, and uh, believe it or not, when I go away, I don't sweat. Okay. Weird. Okay. So it's a different sort of heat. It's not even that hot in in Dublin. No. It's it's all right. Um, has Shawnee retired from the fatback four? Says Jay. Jesus Christ! People take like people take like what is it, a holiday, and people go, "Where is he gone? Uh, he must be gone." No, no, he's on holiday. He's back next um back next Sunday. Um, I was only talking to him today. He's had a lovely having time. a great time by the looks. Oh, of it. the absolute crew of Lawsons that went over to all the Lawsons chartered a plane. Yeah. Boom, the whole yeah. lot of them gone. Lawson here, and uh, they've had a lovely time. He was on to me today. He said, "I'm back next week," um, and I've promised him next Sunday will not be a quiz or a draft because I'm not upsetting Shawnee Lawson early July. It's just not how I do it. Keith, um, I have noticed you though. On a bit of a Paul McCartney stroke, Tom Jones, loving yeah, over the last 12 hours music, or so. Yeah, Go on, yeah. talk to me. And I stayed up late watching Paul McCartney last night on uh, Glastonbury. And look, was he good? He was fucking brilliant. And he's getting a lot of stick, right? Because people are saying, oh, he played shit songs. He played songs nobody knew, but they mm-hmm. were all Beatles songs. Um, I love the Beatles and, and I knew them, but I just thought it was great. He can't really sing, in fairness to him. He can't really sing. But Paul McCartney but, must be... He's 80-odd, yeah. He has to be 80, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. He's 80-something, like. But it was fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? It was just like a, a memory lane job, playing all these hits. It was fucking... I have to say, it was great. I wasn't expecting it to enjoy it as much as I did because, like I said, I just... His voice is sort of on the wane, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just thought... 
nah, this isn't going to be good. He was fucking brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And look, it's a nostalgia thing. It's all, yeah, it brings you back to when you were younger listening to Beatles songs and he played some of the big hits, but he played some of the less on our own, not less on our own, but you know, the uh, some of the tracks on it were brilliant. He finished with a big medley, Golden Slumbers, which is what, probably my favourite, one of the top five Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. And anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, it was brilliant. I enjoyed it. And then the Tom Jones thing, I've been hearing a lot of Tom Jones lately. It has and, to be uh, nearly 80 as well. 80 something, yeah, yeah, 80 something. And his voice hasn't gone, just to be clear. He still has his voice, the bastard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I was on a Tom Jones. Was, and it was actually, there was a, I was out the other day and I heard a Tom Jones song I haven't heard in years. And uh, I was like, yeah, I love a bit of Tom Jones. And I, I seen the Lawson's were partying her up as well. And yeah. someone was singing a bit of Tom Jones there. So it just, Tom okay. Jones was in my head. Yeah. And I was on a bit of a rabbit hole of Tom <coughs> Jones. And then went into a bit of Engelbert Humperdinck. Right. For anyone that's so, into that. A Tom yeah. Jones, Engelbert mashup. So um, yeah, okay. that's where I was at today. So, you can't beat it. For all, all the kids out there who don't know Tom Jones and Engelbert Humperdinck, get, get on, on it. it. Yeah. Get 100%. on it. Tom Jones. Hey, did you see did you see the video of uh, Tom Jones on The Voice? And yeah. Donny Lonigan, Donny Lonigan's son, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then he turns around and the two of them sing together. The, the Tom Jones, like, his voice probably sounds better now than it, it did. It's unreal. Tom oh, Jones is 82. 82. I'll tell you what, his voice is unreal. Even now, yeah, I was watching that clip earlier, Emma. Um, it's very good, you know what I mean? It's a great clip. And um, the song is, you know, the song is brilliant. Um but yeah, his voice is just unbelievable. He does them little bursts, doesn't he, on the voice every now and then when he sings a song, and it's absolutely unbelievably powerful voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Get on it. One for the kids. Tom Jones. He's yeah. going to be a star someday. <laughs> Five minutes and fifty-five <laughs> seconds in. Two un, two people don't like this show. It's probably because you've mentioned Engelbert Humperdinck. Um, well, yeah, hold on, person. I will not have Engelbert slander on this. No. Engelbert Humperdinck <laughs> is the business. the other the other thumb down is definitely the person that just logs on to unlike us. Which yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. You might I, have a friend. I literally, literally turn on now and go. Please be one one thumb down every time I hit yeah. the goal live, and it usually is. So the the dedication is um is unbelievable. Somebody did say get on Jamie Webster at. Uh, Glass me did look quality in fairness. Um, ah, yeah. there was red smoke everywhere, loads of Liverpool jerseys and all of the crowd. Yeah. So, look to be having a great time. Um, but, um, before we get into the football, and I'm look, uh, we, we've done loads of music stuff for the last four, five, six minutes. I want to say that, um, anyone that doesn't know, we passed our 10,000 euro target for Failicon on Thursday. Um, little story behind it. Um, I was on the show on Thursday doing the usual at the end saying look please please donate please share stuff like that and I rocked I, I literally got off the show went outside looked on my phone there was an email to say there was a donation there that brought us up to the 10k which was absolutely brilliant um, and look it's 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 a brilliant achievement by everybody to anyone that's you know put, shared it donated you know told friends uh, supported this channel and retweeted stuff about Failicon or shared it on their Instagram or their Facebook, wherever it might be. We've got to the 10,000 euros. I can tell you Failicon are absolutely over the moon. They couldn't believe when I sent them the, I just screenshot the 10 grand reached, sent it by email to them and they just come back and went, well, they're absolutely over the moon. So um, we're going to leave a run until the 10th of July. So if anyone wants to donate and get a further beyond that, they can. But look, to reach 10,000 was absolutely unbelievable. We, yeah. We're in, we're in the, 
we're in we're now looking at our next project and we're hoping to get that off the ground in the next week or so because we don't hang around so in the next week or so we look week or two we look to bring another one to the table um it might be more than 10k it could be less we don't know yet but we'll definitely bring something new so um from me and everyone at the day trippers to everyone that's donated or shared or just told a friend over a point wherever it might be um thanks a million and the 10k will go a long 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 way um football though um i want to talk about some players tonight and i know it's early doors but there's some newcomers you know into the squad there's some players that you know are coming back from injury i.e joe gomez that was kind of nursed through last season there's some players were in the squad that you probably look for something different from them this season just because of the makeup of it but we want to just talk about them what we'd like to see from them in in um this the season coming 22 23 and emma i'll come to you first i want to start with joe gomez um because you know he was they dipped him in very very occasionally last season some sometimes a center back um sometimes at right back after you know what could have been a career threatening injury if you if you believe what you read and now just talking to sign a new deal at liverpool which shows his commitment to the club and I suppose shows the belief that they have in Joe Gomez. What do you want to see from this season? Because you have got Virgil that's back to what Virgil Van Dyke was, you know, prior to the, you know, injury that he got. You have got Matip who just gets stronger and stronger, I think, in durability, I suppose. You've got Canadi who's had a superb season. But Joe Gomez, what do you want to see from him? Because I think he should be absolutely looking to partner Virgil Van Dyke. Um, if if he's picking his first choice centre back pairing going into next season, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, he was the first choice before his injury, um, and I think some football fans have have short memories. Like he was being called Mini Van Dyke. There was games where I'm not going to necessarily say that he carried Van Dyke, but he probably in in some games played better than than Van Dyke. He's deceptively fast. I think everybody forget. And I think fans these days are too kind of quick to throw people on the scrap heap. Um, if we did that, we wouldn't have had the season we had from Matip. I won't mention Keats trying to sell him last uh, season. We well, um, just have. <laughs> um, but um, I think I would like to see a resurgence from Gomez. I think they have nursed him in. It's not not a case of he couldn't get into the team. It, it has been kind of slowly, slowly. But I'd, I'd like to see a resurgence from him similar to, to what Matip uh, showed last season. Um, I I still think he's going to play him right back. I know you don't like that guy, but I, I do still see him pe- playing him the odd time at uh, uh, right back. Sorry, uh, he'll do more of the heavy lifting to begin with. I would imagine instead of Ramsey. Um, but there's no reason why he couldn't displace both Matip and Kanate to be the starting centre back beside Virgil. Mm. I I love Joe Gomez. I think he has everything to be. You know, and he's already shown how good a centre half he is. He's good in the air. Um, he's a decent passer of the ball. You know, you've seen his. I think you actually seen. It. I'm not a fan of him at right back on over a prolonged period of time. I'm just not. Um, I think you can stand him at certain games. Fair enough, but I, I would prefer Joe Gomez to be only considered a centre back. And for that to happen, I think he needs to genuinely make himself undroppable at centre back. And I think he has it in him. You know, and. You look at the pace he has, he covers the ground so, so quick. Like we talk about Canate and Virgil being quick. Joe Gomez is lightning fast, you know, lightning fast. And and I think he's a confidence player. When his confidence is up, he looks imperious. His confidence can drop at times and he can give the ball away or be out of position. And that's fine. He's still quite young as a centre-back. Um, but 
Matt, like, Emmett's talking there about getting back in and, you know, he has all the talent and stuff like that. Is is it realistic for Joe Gomez to come in this summer and say, no, hold on, you know, Kanate's been really good, Matter's been really good, Virgil van Dijk starts if he's fit, I want to be the man to go in there and do that. And is it the time for him to do it now with that season where he's been, like I keep saying, being being brought in slowly but surely, you know, the, the previous season? Is it now time for Joe Gomez to stand back up and go, hold on, before Matt decided he, he didn't want to get injured anymore and before Kanate arrived at this club, like people were just waxing lyrical about Joe Gomez. Yeah, when Joe Gomez, before those the most recent injuries, he was like one of the best kept secrets in the Premier League. If you didn't watch Liverpool play all the time, people just they presumed he would look good because Van Dyke was beside him and he was criminally underrated. Uh, so I hope like this preseason could be like NFL tryouts almost. You know, we've got three people there for one spot beside Van Dyke in the starting berth, and all three of them are top top quality, like top ten in the Premier League quality center halves. But I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, and it's probably my short-term memory. It's probably from having seen Kanate more recently than Joe Gomez and having been very, very impressed with Ibu Kanate. I think it's a tough road for Joe, uh, but I agree with what Emmett said. I think in the early part of the season, probably the first half of the season, we're going to see Joe Gomez at right back probably a little bit more often, maybe late in the game, substitution coming on instead of Calvin Ramsey. Uh, I could see Klopp taking his time with, uh, I don't know, we're going to get on to him taking his time getting Ramsey into the team. I don't think he's just going to throw him right into the fire when you've got Joe Gomez there to do that. Yeah, look, I get where you're coming from. I really do. And it probably is a short-term memory thing. And, you know, I think some people at times don't want to pin their hope on Joe Gomez because of the injuries. But in fairness to him, the injuries he's got have been, all been impact injuries. It's not like he's pulled up with a torn groin or, a t- you know, you know, one where it's just he's running and he does a groin or he does a hamstring or calf or something and he's out for a while. It seems to be impact injuries. Other than that, Joe Gomez is fairly bulletproof when it comes to injuries and, and muscle stuff. Keith, you know, I, I I just really, really like him. And the only thing that stands out for me between him and Kanate is Kanate's goal tray, I think, is, is up there. It's probably the best out of the four if you are being honest, because Van Dijk gets marked by about six of them when he, when he turns up in the box. And I think Kanate is probably a bit more physical, wants to be a bit more physical than Joe Gomez. But can you see any reason why Joe Gomez can't really make a real push to be, you know, a first-choice centre-half or open us up to maybe rotating Virgil van Dijk a bit more? Um, yeah, look, I... I can't see him getting back in as a force choice centre back at the moment. Um, I think potentially he could do it because I, I'm a huge fan of Joe Gomez. I just think the injuries are not taking that toll. I couldn't tell you if they're taking that toll on him, but I just fear that these bad knee injuries that he keeps getting, um, not keeps getting, as you said, it's not like it's a blade and groin or a hamstring, you know, 10 minutes into a game and he keeps pulling up with niggles. They're big injuries. Um, and I don't know if they're going to wear on him. You see, Gomez's recovery pace was elite. It was one of the best in world football. And and when we play a high line like that, and we've got Van Dijk who's quick, and we Gomez who was lightning, 
that was his, I wouldn't say his main thing, that probably was his main attribute, really was his recovery pace. Um, he's good on the ball, he's good in the air, <clears throat> he's strong, he reads the game well. I think he has lapses of concentration as well, but, you know, he's only young. Um, I just worry that he won't get the run of games to get the the sharpness back, if you know what I mean. I think the, the lads who are ahead of him, whether it be a Fitch or Matip, or Kanate. See, I think the problem Gomez has is that everything Gomez has, Kanate has, but probably has a bit more of it. And I just makes a point. He's too good to be accepting third for choice. He'll want game time. And that, that's what I could come down to. I'd love to keep him around. I'd love to, I'd love to give him those games. And maybe the first half of the season with the congested fixture list, with the World Cup come up, we might see a bit of chopping and changing. I just don't know if he'll get the consistent games that he need to get back to the Joe Gomez that we know. If he signs a new contract and he's happy to stay and fight and be a, a, a fourth centre back of a like of a of a team, I mean I'd have no problem with Virgil van Dijk being rested for games. I think we can make ourselves too over reliant on players and Virgil is one of them. We'd done a show last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was when Kanate had just come in and we were saying, you know, any two of the four and you're like okay these are, they have attributes that we need that we want and Gomez is part of that and he's still part of that so I wouldn't mind seeing him getting more rotation in I just don't think I just don't think he, he's at the moment and I could be wrong I just from what I've seen I don't think he's he's at the level to leap ahead of the other two unless there's an injury and that's what I think it would come down to someone getting injured. Don't get, Jürgen Klopp has always shown faith in players who've done it for him in the past, and Joe Gomez has done it for him in the past. But I think the lads could be onto something. I think you might see him at right back for games, and you might you will see him at centre back for games. But I think it'll be sort of rotational rather than nailing down one of the four slots. Do you know what? I'm probably being a bit guilty here of looking at fourth choice and backup, and I don't like that. So I'm probably actually doing myself. <laughs> oh, but Keith. Could it be just a case of where we, you know, like we looked at last season and we knew Van Dijk, Matip, Kanate, and Gomez was there or thereabouts, but he wasn't, it wasn't like, well, Gomez could start this one. It wasn't really like that because we knew of the injury. Do we need to go back to looking at this as the way it should be really and it's a squad game? And we and, and we and we just instead of going, he has this, he has that, he's first choice, he's that. Only Virgil could is really where you go. He just plays, you know. There's not. Should we just look back and go, or, or look forward to the season even and say to ourselves, right? Tell you what, four of them are fully fit, raring to go, and we we need to use them as much as we can or as much as we need to, rather than saying, oh, I'm not sure about him playing. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Keith? Yeah, yeah. We should, we should just look at it and go four brilliant centre backs. Whoever plays on Saturday, Sunday, or wherever it might be, we're absolutely comfortable with it. Yeah, exactly, and and that's the way it should be, and that's what I'd like to see. You know, it's 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 giving Gomez those minutes, but rather than it being a case of Virgil plus one of three, mm. I'd like to see more of a just two from four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Virgil is the best centre back we have. He's the best centre back in the world, mm-hmm. but when you've got three lads fighting for one place, that's when it gets a bit too tricky. I wouldn't mind seeing Virgil not rested, but in games when he's maybe not needed, you know what I mean? The games are going to be taken fast. And I just think if you can, if you can, you know, take Virgil out for a game and just then you have more of a unit that you're saying, right, the, the lads all know I could be here, I could be playing the left side of the centre-backs, so I could be the right side of the centre-back. And there's more of a, 
more of a, a unit there rather than one plus three or one plus one from three. I just think that that limits Gomez. And look, we talk about Gomez. The other three centre-backs all have injury problems as well. Do you know what I mean? Canate, we haven't seen it since he's come to us, thank God, but he had a bad injury earlier on in his career. Van Dijk's coming back from a similar injury than what Gomez had. But Van Dijk, having that aura and that sort of um, thing where he's the, the alpha, he goes into the team and he plays his way through it, whereas Gomez probably doesn't get that. And we all know Matip's injury record. So I certainly wouldn't be looking to move on Joe Gomez. You know, I certainly wouldn't be looking to, to sell him and then something could happen, you know. And I don't like thinking about what could happen, you know. I'm, I'm not a fan of that because you can bring in another fit centre-back who's never had as much of a cold in his life and he could be laid and hit by a bus tomorrow, do you know what I mean? So you can't worry <laughs> yeah. about injuries and what might happen. I just think it would be nice to see the four of them rotating more and not for any that you want Van Dijk out of the team, but just in the first half of the season, using the squad and, and giving everyone more runs. be interesting to see what Klopp does because they wouldn't want to keep Joe Gomez signed there knowing that they're not going to give him games. So. Yeah, Joe, if Joe yeah. Gomez is signing a new contract, he's not. He's definitely having a discussion with the club and, and yeah. Jürgen Klopp before he does. John says, can we stop with this too good to be four choice? We need four top centre-backs over a long season. Couldn't agree more with you, John. And that's probably my fault. Um, I'll hold my hands up to that. That's probably my fault with the way I brought that and the way I kind no. of led in with that. Um, Calvin Ramsey, though, has signed from Aberdeen. You've seen um, the young right-back Bradley, isn't it? Um, Connor Bradley. He's gone to Bolton on loan, so it kind of opens it up there. And I understand the whole Gomez might go in at right-back if we need to rest Trent a little bit because Trent will go to a World Cup. Um, but, Emma, I'll come to you first on this one. Yeah. I un- I understand the Joe Gomez thing, but what do you want to see from Calvin Ramsey? Do you, do you want to see him? Do you, do you see him as just someone that's he's in the squad and he might get minutes here and there, especially the Cup FA Cup? He might come on with that five subs thing that we keep going on about. He might come on um, for seventy on seventy five for Trent. Um, whereas Gomez might start the game if Trent needs can't start one. Do you know is that what do you want to see? Yeah, yeah. Twenty <clears throat> games, twenty appearances this season, something along them lines. From everything you read, like. The- the chap's 18 <clears throat> and you'd, you'd normally when you buy an 18 year old you expect them to come in and they play in the under 23s but for, like what you said with Bradley going out and everything you read he's been brought in to be a, a first team squad player so they must have a lot of faith in him I think he's got nine assists or something in 39 games so he, he has that in his locker as well I think <clears throat> you could see it as another the way Robbo was kind of eased into the team um, in his first season and you're right I would imagine if if you're looking for somebody other than Trent to start a game it will more than likely be Gomez but I think mid-season to end of season I would like to see Ramsey have established himself within the squad and to take up a kind of a Simicast role that when the squad comes out or the first 11 comes out if you see Ramsey instead of Trent it's kind of like yeah no problem um, and I don't think they show as much faith in somebody and bringing them in and throwing them straight into the first uh, first team squad if they don't think that he has that in his locker. Um, I've not watched watched many YouTube videos of him. He does like getting forward. His balls into the box are quality as well. Um, so well, there you go, young Scottish player of the year as well. Um, but that's what I, I see him being kind of bled into the team slowly, but then taking a kind of a Simicast role where 
and but and I think needs to be probably used more than what Simicast was probably used last season. Mm. Um, and Simicast needs to be used more than he was used last mm. season. But um, yeah, by all accounts, this chap is here to stay and is going to be the backup to Trent eventually. Probably not within his fourth season, but maybe towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. he'd be full backup. Okay. Ma, he's a young guy, £6 million. He looks delighted to be at Liverpool. Um, he's spoken openly about what his attributes are. And, you know, he'd be at the AXA training centre. He's, look, he's looking forward to meeting Klopp and his, and his teammates and getting involved and showing what he can do and stuff like that. And the way he speaks, it's not something that comes in and goes, oh, well, I'm here and I'm, I hope to impress and, and catch the attention of Jurgen Klopp. It's basically, I'm going to be training with all these guys. It's not like he's turning up and he's going to be one of those 23s. He's, he's being signed for significant money. And when, when you kind of do the... The, the announcement like they have, it's not an under-23 player's announcement. It's a, it's a four-team announcement. But, you know, realistically, Matt, 15, 20 appearances this season, whether that's starting in cup games, coming on a sub, maybe starting the odd league game, depending on what we want to do. Where where does Where's the trajectory for this player this season? Because me personally, 15 appearances this season, I think... He, would be quite good and then look and you're going to end up there with the calls of move Trent into midfield because this Ramsey fella is really good yeah yeah I'm uh, telling you it's coming <laughs> it's, it's a yearly thing you know you can you can count on it like the changing of the seasons just about just like you get nine substitutes next year so even though you've got five you can still only put nine on the bench and so if one of those is a goalie I'm looking at the other names let's say Kanate starts you've got Gomez Matip on the bench, Simicast, Keita, Curtis Jones, Fabio Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, and then Bobby and Jota if the front three start that we think start. I don't think there's a lot of room on the bench for Calvin Ramsey. So I think he's going to be given the cups. I think that first League Cup game, you can put your bet down on it now. If he's not injured, you'd be pretty, pretty damn sure that Calvin Ramsey is going to be the starting right back in that game. So I think it might be tough for him to nail down a spot, even in the matchday squad, until he's had the time to bet in. Now, maybe he hits the ground running at preseason and he catches on, like, unbelievably well. And he's in that vying for that position. But it's, uh, yeah, M is uh, correct again, and I agree with him, that it's it's going to be that Robertson integration into the team. It's going to be a slow feathering in. Uh, maybe even like Simicast. You know, Simicast had very few appearances uh, in the 2021 season, you know. People were crying out to see him more, and then he comes in the next season, and he looks like he understands the system, and he fits in quite well. So not a lot of money for him. He's a young kid. He can he can swing itself around in uh, in training and try to impress the coaches, but I'm not expecting a lot from him. So like probably closer to 10 than 15 appearances for me. Okay. Keith, the World Cup is a big thing. Um, where, where it's at this, this winter, I suppose, this Christmas. And... You know, I don't know many league games we played before the, before the World Cup. I know, I think we're watching the World Cup final on Christmas Day or something. It's, it's, I, I still haven't got my head around the fact that this World Cup's in November or something. Yeah, <laughs> I just sure. can't get my head around it. And I've refused to look at when the, the games are on and when the Premier League ends. I just, I'm going to keep yeah. watching football until they go, what? It's fucking stopped. You know, I'm, I'm going to be one of those. But is it, I, I completely get what Emma and Matt are saying. Um, Matt in particular, you know, about the room on the bench. You know, maybe 10, 10 appearances, sign them up for the Cups and all that. But 
is it a good time for a player to come into any club? I'm not even talking about Liverpool. I'm talking any Premier League club, you know, top end that would have players going to the World Cup. Is it is it a good time to be coming in where you're going, okay, Matt's probably right at 10 appearances, but I could probably stretch to 15 or more. And if I impress, you never know after Christmas. Because of the players that, although they're, you know, they do everything for Liverpool, they're going to have an eye on, on, on that World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup, the way it falls, middle of the season. Um, I don't know how many league games we play before the before it breaks up, but there will be opportunities. I think I, I know. I hear what Matt's saying. You know, nine nine players named on the bench, five subs allowed. I think it, it plays into the the lads that maybe are not getting. You know, I, I don't think Jurgen will always look to to ha- top load his, his bench I think well I, I'm guessing this is what I do and I'm not Jürgen Klopp I'm as far from Jürgen Klopp as you'll ever get but you know home Probably games against the hair really well that's it yeah that's it <laughs> exactly else, I exact didn't want same. to say that tactical yeah. master you know what yeah. I mean but yeah now what I, something that I feel that we haven't really done that much is when you race into a lead in a game or you, you have a, a stranglehold on a game bring in young players off the bench and give them experience. Do you know what I mean? And it's something I felt maybe we, not even young players like Minamino when he was, you know, looking to be integrated. I didn't feel like we maybe threw him in when we could have done. So I think there could be a case where in the first half of the season, and we're looking at home games against maybe promoted teams or, or the, the weaker teams in the Premier League, you might see him named on the bench. And if Liverpool go 3-0 up, you might see him getting 20 minutes at the end. And I think what happens there, and I don't like the idea of Trent in midfield. Either do I, I really don't way. like it. Because like Tom Bowling saying, why can't people accept that Trent is a right back? That's it. It's like we're expecting the big coming out ceremony as a midfielder. I want, don't ever want Trent Alexander in yeah. the midfield. I'm just saying, you're, you know what's going I think on. I think we're going to see it this season a lot. I think we're going to see it this season. Trent. Genuinely. Trent in actually midfield, starting in midfield or move because no, he did last, last year return a little bit more centrally. And that's why I think that's why I think that's why I think it'll happen this year, Emma, because I felt that that was the tweak last year was Trent was playing an awful lot in there beside Fabinho at times. You know, very central. And I think if if Ramsey develops the way they hope Ramsey develops, I think you could see um an instance where you know we're up in a game and oh we bring we bring Ramsey on for a midfield and move Trent in there move Trent in oh, there okay. and that's what I, I don't want that's it. what I could see I, I personally I, I, I don't want it either but maybe it's Trent on the, the right central midfield role where he's sort of nearly playing like the way De Bruyne does where he's still just getting into them wide areas you know I don't I don't know, but I, I just have the suspicion that we might see that this year just because of the fact that he played an awful lot there during the season. And and I think, you know, this is all down to, to Ramsey really being what the hope he'll be. And we don't see why he won't be. But I think that'll be more of a second half of the season thing, just to be clear. I, I think if we see him a couple of times before the World Cup, then happy days. I just think the five subs, I think we'll see a little bit more experimentation like that, where Trent goes into midfield for the last 20. The way Liverpool play, and anyway, you know, we done a show there, and I know Matt was on it, and we were talking about change of systems, and, and Matt was saying three at the back, and I was joking, saying two at the back, because our full-backs are that high, and anyway, that you, you could play a 2-4-4. Four, four. But I can just see Liverpool trying to get the 
the passers in because the thing about Ramsey, I, I, I don't watch a lot of Scottish football, you know, I'll be honest. But the clips that you see from him, he's similar to Trent. He's no, he's not afraid to cut it in onto his left foot and cross it in as well. You know, he's not all one foot, which is which is interesting. Do you know what I mean? So when when they went for this guy, they say he's a bit suspect defensively, but going forward is where he does his damage. You know, it seems like they do have a, he does have a lot of trend qualities. So maybe we might see a bit a bit of him. I gear more to fifteen appearances as well, but basing that on. 10 20 at the end of games rather than a lot of starts yeah. i just think that i think the tweak this this season could be pushing trent into game into midfield for 20 minutes here and there just to, to get him on the ball that bit more in the central more central areas than he would get at right back i think he's better at right back i wouldn't move him from right back because essentially he's a right midfielder and anyway but i just think that could be the tweak this year and that gets ramsey into the team 15, 15 times. Okay, well, 15 appearances for Calvin Ramsey. I think everyone will be quite happy with that, whether that's cup games, God starting the Premier League. Like you said, 10, 20 minutes, I think, is um, absolutely fine. We'll come back at the end of the season, zero appearances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'd be going like, what the fuck? It was Paul Ben Davies. Klopp sitting there with three trophies and we're going, ah, yeah, but he didn't yeah. play our man, did he? Like, you know. Um, <laughs> but moving into midfield, you know, like Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, you know, Milner, Keita, you know, we, we kind of know what we want from them and where they'll sit. Maybe, maybe the Henderson thing, I think I have a I have a theory on Henderson where he kind of starts to move into a, a Milner type role, yeah. and I'm not talking about like where Milner ten Swiss games. Army knife. I, I'm talking about Milner two or three years ago where Henderson starts to get those sort of appearances. But in midfield, I think the two to look at, and we'll take them both together, is Curtis Jones and and Harvey Elliott. Now, for me, Curtis Jones had a poor season last season, and I've no issue with it. I've no issue with it. He's a young guy. I think he was, you know. He, he tries to break into this Liverpool team in a massive way in, in um, season 2021 20, and it's just carnage around him. You know, um, midfielders he's expecting to play with are playing centre-half and then they're injured. Uh, the centre-halves he's expecting to have behind them are nowhere to be seen. Um, and I think it was tough on him. I think the season just gone. I th- he had flashes, but I thought he was trying too hard at times, you know, taking shots unrealistically and trying to make an impression. And then towards the back end of the season when you've seen him a couple of times... Very press resistant, carries the ball really well, commits players, and you can see what they can see in him. And with Harvey Elliott, he's absolutely flying last season, and that injury absolutely, you know, he's gone. You know, you're writing off the season. I know he comes back, but you're writing off the season more or less because I don't, I don't know how many appearances he gets in the league when he comes back. It might be two, maybe three. Um, but but as a as a pair, you know, and as the younger kind of men in the squad or in that midfield that's so many so much talked about this summer. Matt, I'll come to you. What do you want to see from them? Do you want to see Elliot just get back to where he was at the start of last season? Because that's a really good jumping off point. And do you want to see Curtis Jones probably I like to see him take more responsibility. And by that I mean there's no need for all them shots at times. Just get it and play it wide or get it and play it into the front man, get it back. You know, keep it simpler at times and just progress that bit more because I think he I just think he tried to get ahead of himself last season and it just didn't work for him. Yeah. Uh, with Curtis Jones, I think 
you were correct. Like last season was not the follow-up that I think a lot of us were expecting after he did make a step up in 2021. You know, he filled that gap when we needed to shift our midfielders into defense. I also agree with what you're saying with Henderson kind of evolving into that the next Milner for the squad as Milner leaves us probably at the end of this upcoming season. And I'd like to think that Curtis Jones is going to kind of evolve into that young Jordan Henderson player for Liverpool, which is he's constantly maligned by the fan base. And yet he becomes that player when he's not in the team. You go, geez, there's just something missing here. You know, you, you can't quite put your finger on what he does when he's playing, but when he's not there, you know that something's missing. That's what I'm hoping for from Curtis Jones, that he looks at the players that are maybe a little bit more naturally gifted going forward, that are ahead of him in the pecking order and also in the formation, and understands that he can play a really important role for Liverpool grafting around in that midfield and helping to provide the base for them. Uh, and Harvey Elliott, I'm not entirely sure why, I just have the feeling that Harvey Elliott is going to have a spectacular season for Liverpool this year. Uh, I was thinking about it in the lead up to the show today. It's I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's chatter when it comes time for Waistcoat to pick his World Cup team that some people are calling for Harvey Elliott to be included in the squad. Well, I, I, I could I could see him having a great couple months to start the season and put himself ahead of the likes of a Mason Mount or, you know, somebody like that, that, you know, maybe they're just running a little bit cold. I know that Southgate is pretty uh, loyal to his players, but I, I just get the feeling that there's something in Harvey Elliott. You know, they saw it when they bought him from Fulham and they were willing to pay that whatever the tribunal felt was necessary. It's I've got real, real high hopes this season for Harvey Elliott. So do I. Because I think what he showed at the start of last season was a real maturity in the way he played. You know, um, didn't waste a lot of the ball. He got kicked up and down at home against Burnley, I think it was, early on in the season. Yeah. And he just kept popping back up, popping balls off. You know, he, he seemed to be forming a real um, relationship, I thought, with Mo Salah. And where Mo Salah wanted and the ball. Trent. Yeah, he was really getting into that where I think Henderson was struggling with injury at the time and you were kind of going... Would you bring Henderson back in? Because they seemed, and he works hard and he gets stuck in. And I know people are saying defensively, he's, you know, there's probably bits and pieces that he, he needs to do more. But I'm sure that's being worked on over the last year or six months anyway since he's come back. But I think he's a really special talent. But Curtis Jones, somebody made a great point there that he was unplayable away in Porto. But the thing about him being unplayable away in Porto was is that he didn't try anything spectacular. He was winning ball, pressing, winning it, getting to the people that can affect it in a massive way, taking players on when he needed to, but keeping it really simple at the same time. And and that's what you need to go back to with, with Curtis Jones. Keith, you know, the talk all summer is going to be, are we signing the midfielder, signing the midfielder, signing the midfielder? And oh, look, I'm, I'm on record as saying I understand where people are coming from saying sign the midfielder. If we do sign a midfielder, would it hamper these two? And But you just have to say, well, look, if a midfielder comes in and they're better than these two and perform better than these two, that's life. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way we're going to bring in a midfielder is if we sell Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, and the only way we'll sell Oxlade-Chamberlain is if Oxlade-Chamberlain wants to go. Do you know what I mean? If Liverpool get a bid and Ox wants to go, if he wants to stay, people need to get the idea of signing the midfielder out of their head. I would sign a midfielder this summer because I believe we'll have too much to do next summer if we don't. Mm -hmm. But... In saying that, I'm a big fan of Curtis Jones. I think Curtis Jones is an excellent player. Right? I think he's really, really good. I think the problems Curtis Jones has is that he does take a little bit too much out of the ball. 
And I think he shoots ridiculously because he scored one early against Everton. And I think their traits that you can get out of him. You know, if he has anything about him, now if he doesn't, that's on him. You know what I mean? Is he, He's at a crossroads here where he could be Jordan Henderson or he could be John Joe Shelby. And I think this is a pivotal season for him. Do you know what I mean? John Joe Shelby was an excellent footballer. And when we saw John Joe Shelby, the, all the talk was, it's the new Steven Gerrard, the new Steven Gerrard, the new Steven Gerrard. He was built like him. He ran like everything like you're looking and you're thinking, yeah, this, this young fella is good. This young fella is good. And it never happened for him. He had a good career, but it never happened at the top for him. Now, I think Curtis Jones is at that. I've seen people saying I'd loan out Curtis Jones. I wouldn't loan out Curtis Jones for all the team in China. I think he's a good player. I think he's a, an excellent option for us to have in our squad. And I think this could be a big season. I think this could be Curtis Jones's break breakthrough season. He's been in the squad the last few years, three years, I think he's been in the first team squad. Last season, did he, he had a bad injury, he had a bad eye injury there last season as well, which hampered him. I just think he gets too much stick. And Matt made a great point, you know, with Jordan Henderson, stick, 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 does the business for us. And Cortis is falling into that sort of category as well. Obviously, he hasn't done the business, but if we think back to 10 years ago to Jordan Henderson, when you knew there was a player there, and you just hadn't seen it yet. And I think Jones is in that category. Now, he needs to get into the team. And if you're looking at it now, you say Fabinho, you say Thiago, and then you can say Keita or Henderson. Now, I think Henderson, Gav, you touched on Henderson's role. Um, I think he, he Henderson... He plays over 50 games last season. Though, yeah, he's the most. He plays the most. Yeah, he yeah. plays the most. I just think he's going to see more of Henderson at the six this year. Um, I think you're going to see less of him in that sort of right side of midfield as the season progresses. And I think that's where Harvey Elliott comes in because none of us saw the, the transformation coming for Harvey Elliott last year when Jurgen Klopp, he comes back from loan, he's a right winger, left-footed right winger, he's behind Mo Salah. You're like, this kid isn't going to get games. And they've seen in him right-sided midfield and what they've done every year Klopp tweaks the, the system and sometimes it's an obvious tweak and sometimes it's not and what they've done last season was they wanted to get the little triangles TIFO Football done a good thing about this the other day on Twitter they got them little triangles with Elliot Salah and on Elliot Salah and Trent but it was all happening 20 yards further up do you know what I mean and Elliot was finding himself into the more in between the lines than Henderson finds himself and it was creating options all over the place. If he doesn't get injured, we don't know what happens last season. Mm. But it looked to me like he was nailing down and that was the way this team was going to progress. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting. If he's fit, I wouldn't be surprised to see him for Klopp to try that again. But it creates a logjam. So where does Curtis Jones then get his minutes? He looks better on the left side. And as was said there, Owen, I think, or someone said that they were at the Southampton game where the two of them played. They were brilliant. Do you know what I mean? They were yeah. brilliant. And again, this could but come down it's, to teams. It's, it's a consistency thing, though. Yeah, it is a consistency thing. Like, yeah. I'm going to read two out to you here because I think it's they kind of tie in well, right? Paul Smith said, let's face it, our midfield is full of too many journeymen and workmen and not enough flair, technique, creativity and press resistance. Okay? And Jono says, follows it up with, Gav, it feels a bit risky we are pinning too much or so much of our midfield hopes on a 21-year-old Jones, 19-year-old Elliot, 19 year old Cavalier. We'll get on to him in a minute. But, you know, the way I look at it is, Emmett, 
is it just to I get the whole thing with the not the creativity thing. I do. When you take Tiago over, the creativity for me drops, right? And that's that's a fair thing to say because we've had such a functional midfield for a long time. All right. And although we do tweet things, most of the time we, we even speak about Tiago, how he hunts the ball down, how he keeps it ticking over, and you know, it's still functional. Is the worry for midfield not the numbers we have or not the makeup of it? It's just like Jono says there, let's take our value out for a minute. But our main creativity, bar probably Tiago, is a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old. Is that where the worry comes from? And maybe people want that midfielder like <clears throat> where they're 24, 25, 150, 200 games behind them. They have got technique, flair, creativity, and people will feel more comfortable in that. Or do we just need to let these two have a right go with it? I, I look. I want a mid, I want. I think we should get a midfielder as well. But I'm of the opinion that we need someone more defensive than going forward. I've never looked yeah, at it really like that. Um, and we've not had a problem scoring goals. So I get the whole creativity, but we've been scoring for fun in, in games as well. So um, it's like we've never really replaced Coutinho with his creativity. Um, <sighs> I think Carvalho plays an awful lot like Coutinho plays. I think we could probably see Bobby dropping a little bit more as well, which he'll have create creativity as well. Um, in terms of Jones, I really like Jones. Um, he's an absolute unit as well. I think, and I need to be very careful what way I word this, because I said this behind the scenes, and now I'm going to say it on the show. He skirts the line between confident and cocky. And Sometimes he gets a little bit cocky for my liking, a little bit too big for his boots. And I think, yes, he had his injury last year, but I think Klopp maybe kind of put the lead, put the leash on him a little bit. And when he came back, he he did look changed. He wasn't shooting on sight. He uh, held on to the ball a hell of a lot more. I th- I agree with Keith. I think it could be a big season for for uh, for Jones this season. I think Elliot, if if given the chance, will nail down that spot that he should have had bar the injury last season. Um, <clears throat> so I don't see that we're, and I get Jono's point, but I don't see that we're being over-reliant on them. We do have other midfielders as well. Um, but I just think these are only going to add to what we have. I don't see it being over-reliant, if I'm, I'm being perfectly but, but, honest. But the but the argument the argument will be that if you think you're going to sign a midfielder and you want to find a more defensive Right, which is a fair point because I think Fabinho. People think we just dominate games, and Fabinho just breaks up the odd thing, and that's it. He, he covers so much ground, Fabinho. You know, and he does a lot of work because of the way we play. Tommy C says we don't get enough goals from midfield. That's why we should be signing one this summer. Do any of you see? And I agree with that. I don't think our midfielders get enough goals. But having said that, the way we play is not tailored to our midfielders scoring an awful lot of goals. Our team gets a lot. You know, a team gets a lot of goals. 17 from midfield is what we got last year. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we're we're not tailored to, you know, where our fullbacks don't create much. So we have to go through midfield in order to get goals. It's just not the way we play. Could it be a case of where you, like, loads have spoken about changes in systems where you go, okay, let's play two. Because if you see Henderson in a more defensive role, is in a six for argument's sake next season. Why are you signing a defensive midfielder, right? So then you look forward to that and you say, right, okay, let's let's just say they're going to play Henderson in there 
when Fabinho can't. So then you look forward to that and you say, right, I think the only real way to get out of this, right, and get more goals from the field is a changing system, right, where you can still allow your your, your fullbacks to do what they're doing. You can still probably have the front three <coughs> that are on the pitch to still be on the pitch, but the change will be where you play two in midfield and you play one ahead, and that one ahead is given that license to go and get more goals in the field. Whether that's Elliot, whether that's Jones, whether that's Keita, whether it's Firmino, whether it's a new player that comes in, but it gives them license to go and their main thing in, in the team is to create. Because I think our three midfielders, I don't think the main thing in, in their team is to create. I think it's to stop and I think it's to um, distribute. That's what I think it is. Maybe the maybe that's the biggest argument for changing system is to get a player another player in the team that will, you know, go and look to create. Because we, we've seen him when Jota come in, do you remember? Always playing the forward. Do you remember he just played the forward? And you're like, fuck me, he's going for it. You know the sort of way? So I think, there's lo- I think there's loads of ways you can look at it. But I, I still think if, it, no matter what, no matter what way the, the, you know, the deck falls, I still think you have to give Elliot and Jones a chance. But I completely understand Someone saying bring in a midfielder. And I think the biggest one is what you say, Keith. Too much to do next year. Keita doesn't sign a deal. We've said if Keita doesn't sign a deal, you have Milner leaving next summer, I think is almost certain. You have Keita that will be out of contract. You've got Henderson that would again be another year older. You've got Thiago another year older. And then you're looking and you're saying to yourself, we do need something. Because next next if, you, if you're going strictly on numbers and even if Oxley Chamberlain could run out with contract as well strictly going on numbers you could lose three of them like that next summer and you have to replace them if your if your argument this summer is numbers you know you're going from eight to five you're gonna have to have eight aren't you because you couldn't bring in a midfielder last year because you had eight so you're gonna have to get back to eight so I think it's really interesting but I'd the love thing to see is the midfields, Gav, sorry, is, you know, if we believe the Jude Bellingham links, right, that Jude Bellingham is the one we want and that's who we're going heavy for. Well, Jude Bellingham is a, a you could say he's a box-to-box midfield player, um, but he's much more of an attacking box-to-box midfield player than a, a defensive box-to-box player. Mm-hmm. You know, think like a Roy Keane would be a defensive box-to-box player, Stevie G, attacking box-to-box. Um I still think when you look at the players that were being linked with and links are, you know, I can give you 20 links now that I've just made up off the top of my head. But if you take some of them with a pinch of salt and you, you look that they're, they were going for too many, that they were interested in Sangare, that tells me that they're looking for a young player that can cover in that sort of defensive side of it. You know, they're not defensive. They're not solely defensive midfield players. They're both actually number eight players that, do the defensive side of it. And I think they'd look to bring in a player like that. And if they could get one cheap, you know, that's what they do. I don't think they'd be looking to bring in. I don't think Klopp sees a problem with the the goals from our midfield. I think if they look to do one this summer, it will be the... Octavio was the latest as well. People Tavio, that, I think that got poo-pooed a bit. That's that's a strange one. He's 28 or something. That was, know, that was around million. last year as well. We were linked with him last year. Yeah, he's a wide player and, and he'd be one that you could say, right, he could do a job on the right side of a midfield. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be. I don't know if I'd be into that myself. But if you look at like Mateus Nunes, right from Sporting Lisbon, he is like Thiago. Right, he's a Thiago clown. So they're linked with him. They're probably looking at right. Thiago doesn't have, you know, five years in the team left. You could look and say this. This is the one that that he's gonna replace him with. 
Bellingham is the one that's going to replace Henderson maybe in the long run in the sense he's the one that's going to have the energy and be breaking forward and, and trying to do that. I just think the one they would do this summer would be a defensive a player with more defensive nails in that midfield. So I don't think they're looking to add goals from the midfield. We we scored a lot of goals. Air midfield, it sounds stupid. Air midfield are not there to score goals. It's ridiculous. It'd be great if they do when Jurgen Klopp wants them to score goals, but it's to facilitate the rest of the team. And the, the one thing Liverpool are not shy about was scoring goals. I know when the, the, the forwards, you know, do have dips, that's where you have more forwards and creative players and you want your fullbacks chipping in I think you know they're nearly essentially auxiliary wingers in the squad I'd, I'm not as worried about getting the goals from midfield I mean it was Emma, it was Emma or, or Matt said that we never the creativity of Coutinho I think we got better when we replaced the creativity of Coutinho with the direct running of Oxley chamberlain and that's mad to say now because of the way Oxley chamberlains career has gone but that year before he got injured he was brilliant in the team that season. When he, was he started because, getting into the midfield, he was yes, driving from the midfield. Because the function of midfield had that direct run. Yeah. And it was and an it's... extra element. And, you know, that's where the excitement came in, in for some Liverpool fans where you went, especially when you seen they went to the Etihad and played Jota, Firmino, Mane, Salah, didn't they? And they went, they're just going for it. And then when you seen, <coughs> when you, I'd even think when you seen Elliot in the side where you went, Elliot's not going to, do what Jordan Henderson does and, you know, cover for Trent while he goes forward and stuff like that. But what they actually done was they instead of leaving Trent and Salah to go forward and cause murder, they actually used as like three of them overloading that side and yeah. were opening teams up in that way. And yeah, listen, I, I just think there's loads of options there in midfield, but I a hundred percent get the team where you sign a midfielder. I'm not really on the defensive minded bandwagon. I just I'm just not. I think I think if if you told me Klopp was going to play four two three one next season, I I'd probably look and go right. He's he's loads of options there. Even yeah. even in that ten, I think he's loads of options there. I think if he plays a four three three, but he wants something extra in midfield, I think he has got options there. But there's an argument where you could actually have, um, you could actually bring in a player and and maybe up the options a little bit, but. Like I said, I th- I think it's going to take one to live before one goes, and I, th- I I'm with Keith. I think there might be a lot to do next summer unless something drastically changes. I want to finish with two players. Um, the first one, and Matt, I'm going to come to you because, like Matt, listen, you have a telescope, right? <laughs> okay, and you can basically see back to when time started or something like that. Um, there was a big bang, and you Oops. literally, you can literally see back as far as five seconds after it happened or something. So you know loads of shit. What are we going to do with Fabio Carvalho? Where do you see him playing? Um, what position do you think he takes on the pitch? And you can go with any formation you want because I don't really care. This is all about opinion. It's not like absolute fact. But where do you see him coming in? And similar to kind of Calvin Ramsey, how many appearances do you see him having? What sort of impact? Because I get the feeling he might get a lot of game time this season. A lot. Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, space telescopes only look back in time, not forward in time. Because yeah, but if you went, have, if it go, it's if it goes, if it keeps going, it'll come back on itself and eventually end up looking. Oh, uh, you're talking about it? a circular yeah. universe. Well, there's different opinions on that. Okay, Matt, well, uh, uh, not, still not go with logic. We will take the logical <laughs> and we will twist it to suit our own arguments. Can you not here, so. hit a button on the telescope that looks forward instead of back? That's what I'm fucking saying. Uh, don't, don't don't work like that. Light only okay. travels one direction. Yeah. Uh 
I honestly, like, you know, since being on the shows and thinking about this stuff more and more and, you know, oh, geez, I got to be analytical and really try to think about this. I have no fucking clue whether he's where he's going to play <laughs> left, right, middle. Like, so I honestly, I have no idea. Uh, and it's really exciting. Like it, I, I haven't looked forward to preseason, to like, you know, when that first preseason game comes on just to see when the lineup comes out of where he's going to use them. Uh, because I do think he's going to end up getting a lot of appearances. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Fabio Carvalho ends the season with more appearances than Curtis Jones. That wouldn't surprise me, even if they both stayed healthy. I I I just think the team again sees another little starlet that's over at Fulham and just goes yoink. We'll take that off your hands and we'll put this to proper use. Uh, I mean, he was in the championship team of the season as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, championship is a famously difficult league to play in, and that's that's a pretty big accomplishment for a young man of that age. So, uh, yeah, I, he just has me completely excited, completely excited about him because I really only watched the one game when uh, what Fulham played City in the league or the FA Cup last year, and you know he linked up really well with Mitrovic, but it was hard to picture how that would work in our system because we didn't play with an out and out number nine. Well. Foolish me should have pointed that telescope into the future because we got one of those now. So, yeah, who knows? But it's exciting. Uh, Laura Duffy says instead of hitting the button on the telescope, hit the like button. You can't if you want. We're not bothered anymore. Um, turn the telescope around and look through the big end. Says Avo the Tour. There you go. Um, <laughs> Hannah Alon says Carvalho is the player I'm most excited about. To be honest, I think it's intriguing. Um, if I was to put a shout on on my own, um, off my own bat, I, I can see him being. Deputy to Luis Diaz on the left-hand side. I think with the departure of Mane, Diaz slots as your, as your starting uh, left-hand side. But I think what I've seen from Carvalho, I think he'd be comfortable there. I don't see the argument from being in a three-man midfield simply because of the argument we've literally had two or three minutes ago about the defensive nows of certain players. I think he likes to get at players. I think he, he can press really well. He's um he holds the ball really well. He he runs with it brilliantly, but he runs off the ball unbelievably well. Like and that's that's what when I see how well he runs off the ball, that tour man running or making those runs in behind, you know, across a full back to get like Mane done for years where he was so good at it, Mane was. Mane used to just step five yards off a defender and go and go now. And by the time he'd copped it, he was still two yards on side, but Mane was, you know, gone and he was well away. If it was me, I, th- I think left-hand side. I think it takes a bit of responsibility off him that he's not central and being looking to be the absolute focal point in this Liverpool side. But I'm really excited about him. And I think the fact that Luis Diaz is, I think he's going to be brilliant. I'm not going to touch on him too much um, tonight because we've spoken a lot about him over the last couple of months. But I think Carvalho coming in there and knowing he's, he's deputy to him, I think still means he's getting an awful lot of football. Keith, Carvalho, this is the bit yeah. where you tell him he's going to play like fucking sweeper because he's he's deadly. Uh, you used to have a contributor on these shows, Shawnee Lawson, and Shawnee yeah. thinks we're all sleeping on Carvalho, mm. and I think he could be onto something. I think Carvalho starts the season in the same. I think oh. I, I just can see us switching to a four-two-three-one for some reason, and I just I don't know why. And and you I'm basing a lot of that. I'm basing a lot of that on us winning Carvalho and and Nunes, and I can see him in the ten. I can see him playing um, in the so ten. So you at think the start you think okay? So just just to go with this argument, right? Yeah. About the four two three one, right? Um, yeah. Because I think the four two three one makes less sense if you're looking to sign a midfielder. 
I think 4-3-3 makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, that's why I don't think right? we're signing a midfielder. Right. So, we go into the first game of next season. You think you would have the back four, as you, whatever it is, right? You'd have two of the, the base, which could be Fabinho, Thiago. Let's just say. Yeah. And then you're thinking Luis Diaz, Fabio Carvalho, Mo Salah, Darwin Nunes. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm that, not giving out. And that may, we may never see that line-up, not even once. No, because you know I mean? we fucking we said it won't happen. You know I, mean? <laughs> I just think, I, I get what you're saying about Carvalho playing off the left-hand side as a, mm. as a backup option, um, because he'd done a lot of his damage. It's just running there, off the ball that would make yeah. you see him out more uh, wide yeah. than, than it's him. I agree. I think he's very good, but um, and Antio Chill says he start he, if he starts from the flank and moves into the tank. Cavalio will basically be around Bernardo Silva, and and yeah, I can see that sort of development for him. He's only young. He is only young, but Klopp's not afraid to throw a young fella into the team. He done it with Harvey Elliott. We just spoke about Harvey Elliott being given the responsibility in the midfield three. I wouldn't be surprised if this kid tears it up because. Right, the cha- it's a big step up from the championship to the premiership. We all know that. But he's the young player of the year in the championship. He has a style of play that although he's English, isn't he? He's sort of, I know he's a Portuguese um, youth international, but he, I think he's more or less grown up all his life in England. He's got that style of play where he's he's got that continental style in him. And I think he comes in here and he's a bit fearless, and he comes in and stamps his authority on it from early on, and it's going to surprise us. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe we never see him again, and like uh, Calvin Ramsey, zero minutes. But I just think he's going to be the surprise one from the start. I can see us just... You touched on it yourself, Gav, when you, you played the four forwards um, last season. Bobby... Bobby in the 10 intrigues me a bit. But I don't know. I think if if he does go to the four two three one, I think he'd start this young fella ahead of him. I think this young fella could be the key there, and that, that's only what I'm basing four two three one. If we're not signing a midfield player because we don't need a new midfield player, if we play four two three one, you you can play in the two. You can have Fabinho, Henderson, Keita, Thiago, Milner, any combo with the two of them. In the three, you don't have to have all wingers and tens. Curtis Jones can play on the left side of that front of that three and be effective. Nabi Keita could play on the left side of that three and be effective. Do you know what I mean? So I just think some of the players we have, but look, this is all FIFA and, and championship manager stuff where you're making up formations to suit the players you have. Jurgen Klopp knows what he's going to do. I just think that the Harvey Elliott thing last season where they just threw him in there because he was fearless and he was he was pushing the play 10 yards further up than when Hendo maybe had it. I just think bringing this young into playoff Nunes could be the the, the little fire, the little um, firecracker we need to sort of ignite the the new attack this season. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it happening. I could be talking shy. I tend to talk a lot of shy. Mm. Yeah, but do. I just think, I just think this will be a, I just think this could be the, the surprise one that we have this season that he starts. Now, whether he stays there or not, but I just think he starts in the 10. The far two Not in a three, because I don't think he can play in the three. <coughs> no, Sorry, no, I think, the, I think the three. It has I to think, be in attacking. I think the four two three one, four two three one option means that you could probably say, right, Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, Keita. Two from four. Mm. Right? Um, and then you're freeing up the likes of Elliot Jones, um, 
Diaz, Salah, Carvalho, Firmino, whatever it might be, Nunes, Jota up front, wherever you want. I, th- I think it probably puts less pressure on the midfield numbers you have and, you know, that because people point out that some of these players have got injuries and injury records and maybe that protects them a little bit more. I think it's, int- I think it's really interesting the more I kind of think about this 4 But, Emma, I see him out left. <clears throat> Matt doesn't know. He doesn't doesn't give a fuck either. Um, Keith sees him possibly in the 10. Do we just, is it just a case of, look, just wait until the 12th of July and, he, he, you know, we could show up and he could be playing right wing and we're all sitting there going, yeah, we're saps. Come here. The good thing is, is that he could probably play in any of those positions and play them well. I think it all depends on the actual uh, formation. If it's the 4-3, if we stick with 4-3-3, three, three, I, I probably agree with you. We probably play kind of second fiddle to Diaz. Um, but if we do go to the 4 2 three, one, I could probably see him playing in the 10. Um, but that's the thing is he's versatile. He's not, he can play both. Um, and we're kind of nearly spoiled for choice. Um, he's played off Mitrovic. You've got Jota who's played off Jimenez at Wolves. Uh, anybody, like, we didn't even mention Jota up until a few minutes ago when you mentioned him, Gav. So yeah. we're kind of nearly spoiled for choice. I'm not sure whether you'll see both Carvalho and Elliot start the season in the team. I think it'll probably be along the lines of when we see if he rests Robbo and plays Simicas, Trent plays. If Trent doesn't play and he plays somebody else, Robbo plays. He never really kind of takes both of them out at the same time unless it's maybe in a League Cup game or something like that. Um, but I can't imagine him playing both Elliot and Carvalho at the same time. It'll mm-hmm. be one in, kind of one out. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think we see, we'll see, see. I think we'll see a hell of a lot more of Carvalho than we'll probably see of Ramsey. And mm. um, this year, where he looks like, and it's the championship as well. Like, he's not coming from Scotland. But someone said there, I put up on the screen, I think. But Physical it, league. Like. <laughs> yeah, but someone yeah. said there, like, if they sign him from Barcelona, if we sign him from Barcelona, like, um, the hype yeah. would be absolutely unbelievable. You know what I mean? Um, France says if Carvalho was signed from Barcelona, the hype would be unreal. That's the sad fact of it. He's going to be special, in his opinion. Mm. But I think you're right, Emma. Like, and it's a good point. You could play any of them positions and probably play them well. That's what you want. Klopp loves that. Mm-hmm. Flexible player that can play left, right, yeah. central, play off the front man, go up, throw him up front if you need to. Look, I remember the times when he played Wijnaldum as a six. Then he played him as left-hand side in a three. And then he went to Barcelona and played him as a nine. You know, sort of way. And I know it sounds funny, but that's the sort of player he loves. You know, if he turned to Wijnaldum... But even with, even with Bobby Salah and Mane, when they were absolutely wreaking havoc on teams... You didn't know who was going to show up in what position. They were they were swapping and changing throughout the game. Salah pop up on the left. So I can see kind of a similar thing with Carvalho. I'm not going to say that he'd flow. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they will, I, I can see them swapping and changing positions uh, throughout the game. And he could pop up on the right. He could pop up in the 10. He could pop up out left. Um, I think it is like the the evolution of what we've seen before. And these are just lads that are coming in to t- pick up the mantle from where others maybe have left off. Yeah. Um, Darwin Nunes is the last one I want to talk about. We spoke at length about him when we done the, the whole show about him signing and, and stuff like that. Everyone's very excited by him. A lot of people mentioning, since I opened my mouth about Jota, a lot of people are mentioning Jota. Chris Brax says, I think Jota is being slept on. August to January is excellent for us. Didn't refine that level after he got the ankle injury before the League Cup final. He scored a lot of big goals. I think he gets 21 goals and 8 assists last season. Um, and you know, 
in fairness, like Jono says, why does Jota get overlooked these days? Online fan base treat him like he's Fabio Barini because he had a bad end of the season. He still scored 21 <laughs> goals. I love Diogo Jota. Yeah. I love him. I, I don't think he's a... I don't like him wide. I will say that. I don't like him wide. But in fairness, when he comes on wide left, he doesn't really play wide left. He kind of plays inside left and tries to get as close to the central striker as he can. I don't think he's a penalty box poacher, but I think he's a pen, he's a brilliant penalty box finisher. You know, give him a chance and he scores. I don't, th- I don't think he sniffs out chances, but if you give them to him, he's really, really good. And, you know, I th- I think jo- I'd be looking at Jota to get another 25 goals next season in all competitions. And I think he's well able to do it. I think people have kind of, not forgotten him, but kind of, you know, seen Darwin Nunes as, oh, thank God Darwin Nunes is here because Jota wasn't good for three months, for fuck's sake. You know, like, Jota's been an absolutely brilliant. I think he's something like, I think someone said 56 goal um, goal contributions in 83 games or something something ridiculous like that. I could be way off with that. But I know it's it's, it's really, the ratio he has of games to goal yeah. involvement is really, really good. Um, but Darwin Nunes, again, going back to when we were talking about the, the, the centre-back stuff at the start, I see Darwin Nunes as a big sign for Liverpool. The, the way he plays, the style of play is great. But I don't see Darwin Nunes as the be-all and end-all of Liverpool strikers. I see him as complimenting Firmino and Jota. I am picking one from three if you have to, maybe two from three if you want to rest somewhere else. But Darwin Nunes for me, um, I have a feeling like you have feelings about Carvalho and and maybe Luis Diaz and stuff. I have a feeling on this fella that, you know when you see strikers come in the league and they just score early and it just goes mental. You know, I kind of have that feeling on them. Keith, Darwin Nunes, what do you expect from this season? And I just, I'm not talking appearances, goals. Oh, um, yeah, I expect him to get 20 Premier League goals. Um, oh, not in all comps? No, Premier League. I, that could be said. You really like him, us. don't you? I do really like him. I do really like him. Um, he's, a, he's a good player. You know, you get, we can get swept up in the, the, the big price tag, you know what I mean? But, and it's funny, you know, everyone quotes Darwin Nunes 85 million or 100 million euro, apparently. 200 million it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas it's, that's if, if we're winning leagues and European Cups and we have to pay the full whack for Darwin Nunes, I'll be more than happy with that. But you see other players, like you see Calvin Phillips going to Man City and it's like 40 million, possible 3 million add-ons or whatever. And Gabriel Jesus going to Arsenal and it's, you know, 40 million plus add-on. You know, it's, with Liverpool, it's always the high figure. And I just think, I think this fella's going to be good. I, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I, look, p- people who watch the show now, I love South American footballers. And I think this fella just has that sort of, um, we've seen the, the comparisons, you know, Torres, Suarez, Cavani, you know, these are good. But he's not getting linked with a lot of, Phil Casey will say he's the Andy Carroll and Andrea Salenzi. That's who he's compared them with. But, yeah, but Phil's I good. just, yeah, exactly. And that should encourage everyone else. But I just think, I, I like this fella. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a handful. He's not going to be just, he is going to do his damage in the box. We all know that. But he's going to be coming wide. He's going to be running at players. He's six foot two, but he's quick. He's big. You know, players, teams are not going to want to, you know, he's going to pull onto a lot of fullbacks and fullbacks aren't going to want this fella anywhere near them. We saw, or 
centre backs we saw it with Kanate in the Champions League where he's pulling the centre backs out to the full back positions as well and they're not going to want that either you know I just think he's going to be an absolute headache for players and I think he's got the finishing ability whether that be heading whether it be long range whether it just be falling in the box beating a man and slotting them he's a good range of finishing and I just think this fella is going to be good I think he's going to get 20 Premier League goals and look not many get 20 Premier League goals in their <coughs> history. Mike alone never got 20 Premier League goals. Do you know what I mean? So I just think this fella's going to absolutely... We've seen it with forwards before. We saw when Suarez came in, he hit the ground running. I know it took him a while before he was getting 30 goals and that, but you knew straight away. Torres, you knew straight away. Uh, Salah, you knew straight away. Mane, you knew straight away. And I think this fella's the next one. That's even Jota. You know, Jota comes in and bangs in goals. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any reason why this fella won't. Do you know what I mean? I think he's more of a goal scorer than them, than than Jota, than Salah, than Mane. Mm. And I think he's going to go into this team where he's going to get chance after chance put on a play for him. And if he misses one or two, he'll get the next one. And yeah. that's what I expect from him. Andy O'Chill says, um, I rewatched his moments against us last night. How he chipped Allison was incredible. Would like to see Andy Carroll try that. Um, Emma, Darwin Nunes, don't care many appearances. Keith's gone 20 Premier League goals. You can go in all competitions if you want. Keith's gone a bit balls out. Um, <laughs> what do you see for Darwin Nunes or what would you like to see? I was thinking about it earlier on and I was thinking 15 Premier League goals mm-hmm. to ease himself in. Um, probably 24 in total, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the good thing is, and we've mentioned a few others, we've mentioned Suarez, we've mentioned Torres, when those lads came in, <clears throat> there was an awful lot of pressure on them because they were to be the like they needed to score the goals. Torres in, in particular. Yeah, and, and I'm not suggesting that Nunes doesn't need to score goals. But if he comes in and doesn't hit the ground running, I think he will. Um he has all of the attributes, like we said, cross between Torres and Cavani or Cavani and Suarez is is what people are saying. <clears throat> but there's other people there to score goals. If, if he's not so there's not that pressure on him to come in and have to deliver straight away um, I don't think look it's it's a large fee but I don't think Klopp will allow him to feel the pressure um, he'll have him he'll have his feet on the ground I'm not saying that his feet wouldn't be on the ground but um, he'll uh, he'll have him in the right <coughs> headspace but there's not that pressure for him to come in and be the be all end all um, I think I'll be controversial I think he probably has a better season than Haaland. I think City have to completely change their style of play to suit Haaland. I don't think we need to change our style of play to actually suit Nunes. I think he fits straight in. Um, I like this. <laughs> I see. I, 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 I'm, I've watched videos of Haaland, not playing football, walking around in, in general. And I think he's, he's, he's a model to be retired early. Uh, like his dad, an absolute model, refusing MRIs and taking painkiller yeah. injections. I saw a video of him walking out of Barcelona's uh, Barcelona airport. He looked like a geriatric. He looked like he had arthritis and everything already. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my neck out there and I'll say Nunes has the better season than uh, Haaland. Um, but um, yeah, well, then you'll, have, you'll probably you'll probably have to reconfigure your prediction then, because I can't see Haaland not scoring more than fifteen goals for. Haaland so, averages twenty four league games a season. Mm, okay. So, right. Yeah, Stick with yeah. it. Uh, no, no. Well, look, I, I'm I'm being kind of conservative, saying fifteen. Uh, uh, but if he hits the ground running, 
I think he could he could finish our top scorer. He could even finish the league's top scorer. Mm. Kevin Ball has 30 goals in all competitions. Somebody um, earlier had 40. Laszlo says fitness permitting. He sees 20 to 23 in the league, 40 in all comps. I just want to see him come in. I I, I get where you're coming from if he, if he doesn't hit the ground running. I'd love to see him, not even hit the ground running, but you know, if if you're sitting there with Darwin, you know, he has three goals in the four, six games. You go, that's fine. That's absolutely mm. fine. Six and six, you're kind of going, he's hit the fucking ground running. He's trampling on things. Mm. And one in six, you're kind of going, oh, you know, it'll kind of measure out where, where people see him and stuff like that. But I agree with you. I think there's, there's goal scorers in this team that will, that will compliment them anyway. And, um, I just have, I just have a really big feeling on him. A really big feeling on him. Ma, I know you didn't care about the last player we mentioned, but maybe you care about, uh, <laughs> oh. Darwin Nunes. It's not that I didn't care about Fabio Carvalho. It's just I, I, he's an enigma wrapped in a you know mystery uh, to me. But Darwin Nunez, I think he's going to really benefit by the strong contingent of attacking players we have that have that Spanish-Portuguese-speaking link. I think that's going to help him settle really, really well, having those players there that can communicate with him and get the ideas across. So I don't think we need to, like you said, adapt to, we don't need to adapt our style to the way he's going to play, that he'll be able to slot in for us. I don't know about 20 goals. I, I could see him having 40 goal involvements in all competitions, goals and assists, because I can see him drawing that extra defender that would have been over double or triple teaming Mo Salah. I can see that defender starting to get pulled over to Darwin Nunez more and more or him pulling out to the left-hand side and tucking the ball inside for a Luis Diaz running onto and banging the goal in. So I can see him contributing with a lot more assists than we'd normally think from a number nine. But at the same time, I think he's going to absolutely love playing in this team. And, you know, Keith's 20 Premier League goals for the season kind of blew away what I was thinking was a hot take was I can see Trent hitting 20 league assists. I can okay. see Trent Alexander, Alexander Arnold getting 20 league assists this year with the players we got, with the speed they have, and that cut back in on his left. I think that's going to be deadly for us this year. Okay. And Darwin Nunez is going to profit off of that like crazy. Okay, so overall, we're looking at Keith has 20 Premier League goals. Emma has 15, 24 overall. Matt reckons somewhere around 40 goal involvement, which is probably the biggest show of them all. I went I'd last. I had to you know, keep going up. I think Darwin Nunes, I think he does 35 plus in all competitions. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. And, and listen, I, I'll say what Keith says. <laughs> you I went could, last. <laughs> I come completely wrong, but there's just something, there's just something about him when I see the goals he scores, the positions he takes, and the space he makes in the box is, for, is unbelievable for me. And I think Liverpool, you know, along with Man City, struggle for space in the box simply because they dominate a lot of, you know like I, I think Spurs will get an, a lot an awful lot more space in the box Arsenal would Chelsea would United would than we do right because they're, they're not dominating games like we would where us and City dominate and you know you see teams and they drop onto the penalty spot or just inside their own box for a lot and he just seems to find space and not only does he find space his first touch and his finishes off the left foot, off the right foot, you know, he scored, he, he scored one, and I keep going back to it, and I just keep watching it, where he's putting down the left, and he just whips this thing into the far corner, like it's mad, and then he scores one in the same game, where it's played down the inside right channel in the box, and he just turned pivots, while he's pivoting, 
just powers it across the goalkeeper and it's all about finding space and I just think the sort of player he is complemented with what the players we have in particular that Diaz can hurt you so you're going to have to watch him Salah can most definitely hurt you so you're going to have to watch him Firmino can hurt you given the chance Um, the fullbacks can hurt you given the chance they can't cover everyone they cannot cover everyone like they, they've tried to in the past and he's just a different dimension. And I think that's why Mane came on so well at the back end of the last season because as much as you can try sort Diaz out and sort Mane or Salah out, Mane's really good in the box as well. And that's where Mane shone because while they were trying to look after these two, Mane went, well, just give it into me and I can header, I can finish, I can run beyond uh, centre-backs. Nunes can do this as well, but I think Nunes is an absolute centre-forward at the same time. He's not a left-winger that can play centre-forward. That's what Mane is. And Mane will probably end up becoming a centre-forward in, in those three years at Bayern Munich. But for me, Nunes is a centre-forward that, if you take your eye off him, he's going to hurt you. And even if you have your eye on him, just the space he makes in the box, I think, is incredible, just from what I've seen from him. So I'm going to say 35-plus goals. Um, and I know that's a huge, huge show on the 27th or 28th of June, but yeah. I just get that feeling off. Man. I don't usually say that about players where I go, I have a feeling about this fella. It's just something about him and, and the goals I've seen him score and um, the chances we will give him. I think he's he's a finisher. He's an absolute finisher. He's an, People instinct, always, an instinctive ahead, finisher. Sorry, uh, he's an instinctive finisher as well. He very rarely looks at the goal before shooting. Yeah, like I, I don't want to say he knows where the goal is. Everybody knows where it is at the end of the pitch. But he literally is striking the ball without taking a glance at the goal. He, he literally knows where it is at all times, wherever he is on the pitch. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. Go on, Keith. Yeah, it's funny like that. People, I was looking at people trying to slate Darwin. You know, a lot of Manchester United fans, in fairness, after they didn't sign him, and saying, you know, oh, his goal record is is inflated because he got a lot against relegation teams and and he got penalties and he got this and he got that. Doesn't matter. Do you know who I seen him tear the arse out of us? So he can do it against good teams. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't be worrying. He's at that stage. We said this about Luis Diaz as well. He was ready for that jump to explode. And all right, well, he hasn't got the goal, Jeff Liverpool. He's taken it really and destroyed. And we expect big things from him. Nunes is the same thing. He's ready now, I think, to take that jump. And I think people are just wishing, not Liverpool fans, non non Liverpool fans, are just wishing that this is the one we get wrong. They would they wish everyone is the one we get wrong. I think Liverpool put too much into these players now that they're fully confident that this lad is going to absolutely tear the league apart. And people say about Man City signing Erling Haaland, they, they, they're they going to be unstoppable now that they have a centre-forward because they haven't had a centre-forward. They had Gabriel Jesus last year, and I think Aguero only left them last summer, didn't he? So it's not like they've been starved of this centre-forward player. Liverpool haven't had a centre-forward. Do you know, like... Yeah, but Man City Bobby, don't play to centre-forward. No, but they've had them. They've had Sergio Aguero. They've had Gabriel Jesus. Now they're going to have to change the whole... I think they're going to have to change the whole system now for the way Haaland's strengths are to get the best out of them. But I'm just saying, like, Liverpool have never... Like, it's a long time since we've had that centre-forward that's, you know, a, a pure nine. Jota wasn't a pure nine. Bobby Firmino wasn't Bro, a I don't think Jota is a pure Mane. nine anyway. No, but that's what I mean. And Mane was a winger who went in and done that. So we are going to have now a case where teams we know always doubled up on Salah. If we look at a front three now of Salah, Nunes, Diaz, 
I don't think you're going to be able to leave any of these free. There's no, hopefully, there's not going to be a thing where they'll say, right, double up on Salah there because Nunes, he's not up to it, or Diaz won't do anything on the far side. I think there's just going to be threat, threat, threat coming from all of these players. And I hope I'm right, you know what I mean? I hope I'm right. But then I hope that Jota, I agree with what was said earlier, that was sleeping on Jota a bit, that he, he was brilliant and he's, you know, he's a poor finish to the season and we're forgetting all the good that he does. You know, I think that the attack could be really forward and, and maybe it's wishful thinking, we'll see. But, I, think, um, I think Haaland will have a great season to see. I think, I think the way they play, they... I think Haaland's a ridiculous footballer as well. Um, and to be honest with you, when the whole Haaland and Bappe thing come up about could Liverpool sign any of these, I would have taken Haaland over and Bappe. No way, no way. No, I would. No I would. For, what, not, for what Liverpool needed, I, that's where I would have went with Haaland. Middle, middle, no of the, middle of the box striker. I would have, genuinely. Um, no. I, and for the deal you would have got. Like the, the Mbappe stuff now is just, it's a fucking circus, you know. Yeah. But, the Haaland stuff is a circus. Yeah, as but well, not as much as Mbappe. Look, it's just got done and he's, it's it's over. You know, the sort of way. Um, but City, for me, don't play to a, a, a striker. I think they play no. I think they play to get around your fullbacks and they look for players coming from deep to finish chances, right? And if the player from deep doesn't finish chances, there's a fellow on the back post happening in. That's how they work, right? They're obviously changing it now. They are changing it, but I, look... Guardiola's good at what he does. When you give him the tools, he'll he find a way of making <laughs> Haaland work. I think, I think Haaland will score loads of goals for Man City. Unstoppable. Nobody's unstoppable. No, I thought Man United were unstoppable in the mid-90s. And um turns out they were stoppable. And yeah. everything is cyclical and all that. But, uh, like, let's get it right. If, if I would expect Pep to find a way to get Haaland a lot of chances for Manchester City as well. And I think... I do think the change from Man City will actually make them more dangerous, both in the league and in particularly in Europe, because I think they've been banging their head against the wall in a certain way for four or five years, and they're, yeah. they're going to change it now. And I think, I think they'll actually hurt more teams in Europe. Um, I think the fact they're bringing in Haaland and Julian Alvarez, people are going to sleep on Julian Alvarez. I think, and they're strongly linked with Joe Felix as well. I think they're going to look to really increase their centre forward options, their goal scoring mm-hmm. options, because mm-hmm. I think this not ticky tack it death by football show that they play it's it's so sterile it's boring it's effective but it's so I think they're going to change it I want to just comment there Laszlo uh, Panaflex says Keith's saying people are trying to pretend we bought a deal with Nunes or whatever but then he's doing exactly that with City and Haaland now what I'm saying is expectation and you know People don't know about um, Darwin Nunes and they're hoping that he's not going to be good what I'm saying about Erling Haaland is I agree with what Emma said. I think he could be in a wheelchair by 26. Do you know what I mean? There's something about him that I just, there's, there's something about him that injuries and things like that. I don't know what it is. But what I'm saying is the expectation of Erling Haaland is he's going to score a goal a game because he done it in Austria and he re- more or less does it in the Champions League and, and in the Bundesliga. I think if he doesn't do that, he'll still get goals. But what sort of goals does he get? Is he a... Is he a beast like he is in the Bundesliga, like in the Champions League when you see him? Or is he a different type of player? And I just think the expectation is going to be so high on Erling Haaland and it's going to be so low on Darwin Nunes nearly that we could see nearly a meeting. You know, that Haaland isn't as good as people expect and Nunes is better. I don't think Haaland's going to be a dud, just to be clear. I think he's going to get goals. <clears throat> no, I think I just think a lot of people can see an easier transition of Nunes into a Liverpool side because of the way we play, as opposed to a Haaland way into a City 
side the way they play. But I'm under no illusion that they'll find a way. And I think, I, I honestly think with the players who've been linked to leave Man City and have already left, and the players they've been linked to bring in and have already brought in as well, I think they're fully charging themselves up for a change here. And I yeah. think they become Premier League's Premier League. You know, um, they're good enough to win the Premier League without Erling Haaland. You know, we've seen that. And we're good enough to win the Premier League as well. But Europe, I think, is where they'll benefit most from the Erling Haaland so and, 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 and Alvarez, to be fair. And even Calvin Phillips, that's that's gone there as well. Um, that's an hour and a half. That's absolutely flown, but I've had a lovely time. Um, really nice time. Not enough telescope chat for my like, but look, well, you can't have it all your own way. Um, Ma, anything else before we go? No, not at all. I uh, you're going to be kept up to date on all the telescope updates now. You just I'm keep bringing absolutely it up, so. up for it, but just prepare yourself to get idiotic answers when I'm, and I'll be absolutely serious when I'm asking these questions. They will be idiotic, but they, in my mind, they're completely like, you know, they're okay to ask. Would you be on the yeah, other end of the phone going, "This fella is a complete idiot," and that's fine. No, no stupid questions when it comes to learning about science, Gav. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Okay. Um, Gav from an hour and a half ago we'll do an hour or so yeah an hour or so is an hour and a half <laughs> yeah. uh, it's anything under two hours anything under three hours <laughs> <laughs> um, Emma um, can you tell the people what app they need to download for this quiz that we're planning you don't need to download an app you can actually just go in on like one it's a Kahoot I'm sure plenty of people Spell it, have actually K-A-H-O-O-T correct See, I'd say there's a lot anybody that works in offices or anything like that have probably actually used it before. Okay. It was used an awful lot during but the lockdown. There is an app, yeah. You can you can download the app, but you don't have to have the app, you can go in on the website as well. Though. Okay, so Kahoot K A H O O T is yeah. a quiz app that you can get on Android and, and Apple. You can also run it through your desktop, right? People. Go and start downloading that or getting it on your desktop or wherever it might be. We're going to do a quiz where you, all of you are going to be involved. All of you are going to get the same questions as the people on screen. And fastest finger forward, you get points for getting the right answer. You get points for answering the quickest and stuff like that. We'll have a leaderboard and we'll have a bit of crack with that. We're trying to um, we're trying to get that sorted for Wednesday. But if it doesn't happen this Wednesday, we'll try to get it done for next. Thanks, Emma, for uh, spelling that out. But anything else before we go? No, uh, I was uh, I was already excited for the new season after this show. Now I'm I can't wait to get going on the twelfth. Okay, absolutely tear United apart. Can't wait, can't wait. Um, Tom Bowling says, "Right, I'm in the states. Does that affect me?" Um, no, no, no. You can play no. anywhere in the world, apparently. Yeah. Um, so we have to come up. With, I think for Wednesday we'd have to come up with a hundred questions. Um, we're, we're going to do it in the Premier League. Um, the, the Premier League. The, the thing, yeah, the thing about it, Keith, is because you'll have there hundred questions. No, no, no. Keith's laughing, but he's not going to have to do that with the questions. Me, he's going to have to fucking deal with them. It's only, uh, it only gives you a certain amount of time to answer it. The person that answers it the quickest. Oh yeah, no, we're not going to have like Keith who scored and you're going. Um, oh, for fuck's sake! And it goes on. It's literally like, only. I think yeah, it's only yeah, 10, 15 seconds per yeah. question. It's it's really on your phone. It's really uh, quick fire. What we might do is. I'll try to get it where we have the leaderboard up on screen and, and all sorts of things but I'll definitely have three people on screen with me but we might be I don't know if they'll compete they might just have a go at some of the questions and keep an eye on the leaderboard but a lot of, it's more for the people watching um, that they will be able to get the questions and stuff like that and I know there's a slight delay but when we talk you see it a couple of seconds later but that'll be absolutely fine because the questions will be going live to you 
and then we'd be talking about it. So you'd be, we'd, we'd be in sync. It'd be absolutely fine. Uh, Elizabeth Spolstra. Yeah, I want to yeah, say that right. Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T. That is correct. Um, Chris says, I'm not doing the questions. You better believe you're not doing the fucking questions. Um, <laughs> no, I will do 100 questions on the Premier League. So... Liverpool fans, anyone can join in and do it. We will throw it across our social media in the next couple of days and we'll try to have the uh, code. I think you have to code when you go into the app or onto the website to partake. Yeah, when we, when we put it up on the screen, everybody will see a code. Yeah. So the end of, they go onto the website or onto the app and they ask, you're asked to put in a code. You yeah. put in the code that we showed them yeah. and then they put in their nickname. Yeah. Avo, Tom, Chris, all Whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then we start the quiz. The question will come up on screen. You don't see the question on your phone. You only get the so the the on the screen. You'll see the options. It'll be like blue for true, red for false. Yeah. But all you'll have on your phone is blue or red. So you have to yeah. press it as quick as you can. But yeah. then the next time, true might be red and false might be. Blue. Is it only so, true or false questions we can do? No, no. You can add in picture rounds. All oh, right, great. Because we're, we're, we're not only doing true or false like that. Be stupid. <laughs> um, but no, the way the way it's going to work is we're going to do it live on here. Um, we're going to set out the the question. We're going to let people do it, and then we're going to have a chat about it. And we we'll try to keep the leaderboard. Uh, so it gives you the leaderboard after every question. Yeah, so we'll have that shared onto our screen as well. There's loads of work to go into, but we won't have it done by Wednesday. Yeah. Be the weekend. Hey guys, <laughs> don't we, My my wife my wife used this for online teaching for a bunch of seven and eight year olds. So yeah. if these fucks can't figure that out, come on, that that bar is set. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're you're, you're you come go. on, you're 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 expecting way too much here. Um, seven or is eight. Elizabeth Spouts for your missus, man. She sure is, Keith. Look at you, yeah. fucking Detective Clouseau over here. What, what did he say? Elizabeth Spolstra is his missus. Ah, nice. Uh, yeah, there we go. I made loads of them teaching remotely. Super go. user-friendly. Um, they are all the words we want to hear. We will make a mess of this on Wednesday. 100%. And um, Elizabeth will be retracting that statement very, very quickly. <laughs> um, Keith, uh, do you want to do the quiz on Wednesday? Ah, yeah, I'll see what I'm doing. Grant. I could be washing my hair on that night, but we'll, well see. Well, listen, we'll see how we go on. Anything else before we go? Now, I went to see Lightyear today. Has anyone seen Lightyear? Buzz Brought Lightyear? The kids. Yeah, the Buzz Lightyear movie. It's, it's a spin-off. Spin-off yeah, now, is it? Yeah, it's a spin-off. Yeah, it's was brilliant. It go and see it, yeah. Just, you know, with all that talk, telescopes and all that, just automatically had me thinking of space. So, yeah, yeah Lightyear anyone that's into that check it out and don't forget Engelbert Humperdinck and Tom, Tom Stewart Jones. Uh, Tom Stewart Tom I was about to say Engelbert Humperdinck <laughs> and Buzz Lightyear how fucking old are you Keith well funny you should say that Matt I tell everyone you know, I'm in my early 30s yeah. what's that 40 one yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> late 40s 41 yeah. anyway um, that has been the Fatback 4 for tonight it's been a really good show we've spoken about loads of players and we've given you loads of notice to go and get that app or get it like as a favourite on your the bar up on the top of your yeah. uh, desktop and we will put out the code we will put out the code on the night of the show and people will be able to get in, get ready. And like I said, you won't be able to Google stuff because you literally have to answer it. And you'll have so many seconds to answer. And we will have a lot. We'll hopefully have a, the live leaderboard on screen and see who comes out on top. It will be Premier League based. Um, or we might do Liverpool to start. We don't know yet. We'll decide in the next day. 100 article. questions. 100 questions, but they're quick for her. So it'll be like, right, question one is bang. And it'll be, we'll be sending it out there and then. Name an Argentinian player in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And uh, Peter Jones's head will fall off. So that's how it goes. <laughs> that has been the Fat Pack 4. Thanks a million for watching. Um, yeah, talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.